Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Farm Podcast. I am your host, Christina, the DIY farmer's wife um, from Sunny Cove Farm in Alfred, New York. We are a little organic farm uh, nestled on top of a hill overlooking a valley, and uh, we're pretty diversified. We'll get into more of the different products we produce on the farm and just the different industries we have here. But I have my sister-in-law, Megan, joining me, who will probably make an appearance on a lot of podcasts. Say hi, Megan. Hi, everyone. Megan is our herds manager. She um, is our resident vet tech, and she also helps out in the store that we have on the farm. So today we wanted to talk about hatching baby chicks and specifically quail. We had a fun time this summer. Did you like it, Megan? Oh, it was a blast. So we've been incubating um, and hatching chicks out for three years now. We did a lot of research in the beginning. I had notebooks full of information, and then I threw it all out, <laughs> um, which is probably how you should approach most th- most things because it's different for everyone's environment, and there are general guidelines like temperature and humidity, um, and then there's just things that work for you. So we started with the Little Giant Styrofoam incubators, and they have a built-in thermometer. It did not have a fan or an egg turner, and we got zero chicks from that. So that was a fail. And then we plugged in, we bought a fan, we added it to it, put that in, added a new thermometer, and um, it may have been the second round that we added an egg turner, and we got a couple chicks, but we were at like 20% hatch rate. Uh, we kept trying and trying with that styrofoam incubator. We ran several batches. Our best batch was like a 40 or 50%. It just wasn't doing it for us. So we sold that and we upgraded to a plastic incubator that could be um, completely sterilized. Because the one thing with the styrofoam incubators is that our last batch that had a good hatch rate, um, all the chicks ended up dying. I don't know why, but um, I'm assuming it's from some sort of disease. So we tried to sterilize it as best as we could, but um, there's just nothing like a smooth plastic surface uh, to sterilize. So we switched to like a $50 incubator from Amazon that had a built-in egg turner. The instructions were um, in Chinese, so there was like no English, but um, it had a thermometer that was somewhat within five degrees accurate. <laughs> and uh, we added a thermometer, it had a fan in it. So it had all the things we wanted, it was only 50 bucks. So we we're like, we'll give this a shot. And we started running batches of quail. Uh, I did two at my house, and those turned out great. I think I had like a 50 to 70% hatch rate. And then we had the idea of doing it in the farm store. Yeah, because the power routinely went out while Christina was hatching at her house. So we brought it down here to the farm store. The first batch, I think we started with 24, 25. And the uh, power went out. Normal quail eggs. And the power went out yet again. Um, and we had a little panic and covered it with towels and uh, blankets. And actually, it turned out fine, which yeah. was a blessing. <laughs> we were very thankful for that. Um, and, of course, our customers loved coming in and being able to see the incubator running. And then um, I think the first batch happened over the weekend, so nobody got to see those right. hatch. And I came out on a Sunday morning, and we had babies. It was so exciting. Um, but the second batch hatched on a Friday, so that was really cool because, uh, you know, our customers could come in and see them while we were open during normal store hours, and everybody loved it. 
So it was my first time incubating and hatching and because it was here at the farm and I live here, it was kind of my responsibility to check on it and double check that things were going okay. And it was a lot of fun and I definitely recommend it. And like Christina said, like you you need to do your research, but don't worry yourself to death so much that you never do it. Like part of the experience is going to be just doing it. And you may have mistakes and you may have failures, but I would recommend just getting started and not psyching yourself out of doing it. (laughs) Yeah, like Megan said, I totally forgot about the power outages, but up until the last two batches, the power had literally gone out at every single time we'd run an incubator. We could just basically expect it. And our first batch that we got nothing from, the power was out for six days, remember? We were like trucking water to our neighbor's farm because their well pump stopped working and it was miserable. So that's why that that incubator ended up just next to the wood stove and then being run by a generator. So it just wasn't ideal. Um, And then our second batch, the power was out for two days and we only got one egg. It was a quail um, egg batch and we named that quail glory <laughs> it was the only glorious chick that we had so we definitely had our um, fair share of sometimes inevitable failures but um, this last round that we want to talk about now we uh, so we had such success with our Caternix quail they're a meat and egg variety quail uh, that we raise here on the farm we we've been hatching our own eggs. I have over I had over a hundred eggs this summer or a hundred chicks this summer, and then quail that were hatching chicks or laying eggs. And so we um, we ran a couple batches, and we were up to like this last one. I think we only had like four or five eggs that didn't hatch. Do you remember? Yeah, it, was really high. it was like a ninety percent hatch rate. Twenty five, and we had twenty four. Okay, so we had twenty one out of twenty five yeah. hatch. So really, really good hatch rate. Like, we were nailing it. And I was like, okay. I saw this post online from a girl across the country who had, like, purple, which is pretty rare, tiny button quail eggs. Now, button quail are different from Caternix quail. They're mostly pets. Um, but I button quail are what made me fall in love with quail originally because I was at the butterfly exhibit at the Strong Children's Museum of Play. And they have button quail running around eating the pests um, on their plants. And so I, when I was up there, I was like, oh my goodness, what are these birds? I need some. <laughs> so that's what got me into quail. But I started with the Caternix because they were more of an agricultural breed. Um, and so when I saw this ad for these button quail eggs, uh, I was super excited. And I loved the purple color. It's like this rich, I don't know, how would you describe the purple? It's like a like a tan mixed with a lavender, but it's a super rich color. It's like if you were to mix like a dark chocolate with purple. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the tone that you would get. It's they're absolutely stunning. They're beautiful and just like a like a matte blush to them. I just love them. So, I uh I think it was like $20 to get I don't remember how many we put in there. 25 eggs, 27 eggs. Um, so we put it in there, and man, Megan and I had a time. We did not think we were going to get a single chick. We were, like, pulling our hair out, hoping that the temperature would stay consistent. It just, so normally we were dry hatching. I guess we didn't talk about that a lot, but when you hatch, um, 
quail eggs, a lot of people do dry. And so that's what we were doing for the Coturnix, which basically means you don't add water at all until the end. So we humidity is much lower. Yeah, so the humidity is just what it is outside, between 40 and 50%. And the woman who sold me the botten quail eggs said, you can't dry hatch botten quail because they um, need they dry out too fast. So we put we were adding water to it, which I know is definitely a variable when you're talking about keeping temperature stable. It is gonna throw your temperature up and down as the water heats up and evaporates. But every time we would check, the temperature would be anywhere from like 102 degrees to 80 degrees. And it was supposed to be 99.5. So like we were constantly adjusting it. I think every single day I adjusted the temperature and you probably did too. Multiple times a day. Yeah, and it just, we had no clue. We didn't know if our thermometer wasn't working. I tried to calibrate our thermometer with, like, the ice water trick, but it's an electric thermometer, so I don't think that was really accurate, and it was a nightmare. And every time I would lift the lid, the egg turner would be, like, all messed up, so it wasn't, like, turning the eggs, or I don't know if it had cracked eggs, or I have no clue if the eggs were just too small for it. It just, nothing was working. And I said to Megan, if they don't hatch by Wednesday, we'll just call it. And so I went to my cleaning job this morning, and I got a phone call. So I came out to do chores and was like, oh, I need to go check on the quail, because they were technically supposed to hatch Saturday and Sunday. But with all the temperature fluctuations, we were like, well, like she said, we'll give them until Wednesday. So I had checked it Sunday, nothing. I uh, checked it Monday, nothing. I came out this morning, and I ran in here to check, and there was three button quail already hatched. And I screamed. There was no one out here to hear me, but I screamed. And I ran down to the barn because my phone was charging inside. I was like, Kelby, can I borrow your phone? I need to call Christina. So I called her, and she was like, hey. And I was like, guess what? (laughs) We were so excited. So by the time I got back up here, I think there was five. We set up the brooder for them to start it getting warmed up. And because they're so small, these I'm talking like they're the size of your thumbnail. So they need really specific like heat source that's close to them. We, we use a heat plate instead of a heat lamp um, that's really low, almost touching their backs. Uh, we had to grind their food in Megan's spice grinder. And um, and then Megan sterilized some rocks for me because I was, like, flying in between cleaning job and chiropractor appointment. <laughs> and she had lab. So she sterilized some rocks that we put in, a, a like, a mason jar lid uh, that they could walk on and drink water, but we wouldn't worry about them drowning because they are so small. I mean, literally look at your thumbnail right now. That's how big they are. And so um, they're super cute. We are up to seven by the time we moved them. And we'll probably leave it plugged in for another day. Typically when temperature is up and down like that, if um, chicks are born late, they'll have birth defects and they may not even make it or they might have trouble hatching out. So it's not likely we'll get more, but I am so happy with seven. I know that's not like ideal hatch rate, but it was our first time with this breed. So speaking of birth defects, that last that batch before this one, when we had the really good hatch rate, we had a couple hatch out late, and those were born with birth defects. And sometimes that's just because there's hot and cold spots in the incubator. Even though there's a circulating fan, it's um, it's it's really scientific. Like it's not 
it's it's not going to be the same temperature all through. If you use one of those point-and-shoot thermometers, you might see 98 in the corner and 97 on the other side and then 99.5 in the middle. So, um, and they really, they need that steady 99.5. So we had... Um, uh, chick born that like it it almost had straddle leg but it was weird it just couldn't walk it's like ataxic so it, it's equilibrium it couldn't stay upright it leaned to one side which I, I didn't understand so it could walk standing upright if it was leaning against the side of the brooder but if you put it in the middle it would just tip over so we had a milk customer because again these are right in our farm store for everybody to see um come with her daughter destiny and they offered to take it home and um kind of babysit it and see if they could love on it because megan and i do not have time to hold a little tiny quail up to the food and water for 24 hours straight so it can survive so um that was a great uh job to designate to a 13 year old and she messaged me i think it was just two days later it was so good they were like it's all better now and we were like what because i really was like don't be surprised if it passes away you know and i and we sent them home with another quail so it had a buddy and uh, i said you can keep the other one if you want and i just expected them to keep it but they were in the middle of a renovation so they brought them back and that quail is still doing great it's it's in my coop right now. And by the time they brought it back, you could hardly pinpoint which of the two it was. And then when you put them in with everybody else, you really couldn't tell. Like, unless you looked at a picture from when we were like, oh, this is the one that needs extra love. <laughs> it was like, you can't tell. Yeah, it was amazing. So hatching chicks is, is fairly easy. It's fairly inexpensive. And it's so great for kids especially. Um, you know, like we all played with Tamagotchis growing up. This is real life Tamagotchis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just such a learning experience. We have a book that we keep in the farm store and I recommend to everybody. It's called Let's Hatch a Chick. It was written by a homeschool mom, and it's a story about a mother hen hatching chicks, but it goes through the biological process of it, um, the cells dividing and the different stages and when it gets feathers and when the eyes are formed and the feet. So it's just a, a miracle to witness and really cool for those of you homeschooling or looking for just an extra project to have around. And I think quail are a great thing to start with um, instead of chicks because chickens get big. And quail, especially button quail, are pretty small. Um, and these button quail are going to live in our farm store if all things go well. Probably all winter because we like having something around. <laughs> something for everybody to check on and watch their progress. So um, we just put them in an aquarium that somebody donated to us. And, uh, you know, really simple. If you have a bird cage hanging out, you can uh, hatch a couple Caternix quail and uh, and then just put them in the birdcage. And their song is beautiful. And they're very low-maintenance pet. So we do have hatching eggs available for a short time. With the nights getting colder, they've definitely slowed down on their laying. Um, and then hopefully we'll have button quail hatching eggs. Yeah, that would be super exciting. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our hatching story. Um, we will be following up with lots of podcasts coming soon, just keeping them short and simple. And if you have any questions for us or ideas for podcasts, feel free to contact us at sunnycovefarm.com. Have a great day, everyone.